says, God himself is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake in their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, a holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes the wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us, and the God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of God for the people of God this morning. Well, we're living in another time of crisis. I think it's a shock to everybody's system to see schools closed, to see work shut down, to see the markets affected, to see our travel restricted, to see church canceled. You know, it's a surprise, particularly for us modern people, because I think part of the modern project is to make life safe for us, to make life predictable, to make life stable. And so when it isn't, that's a shock to all of our systems. You know, part of the ideology we buy into is that if we eat right and if we stay fit, we'll have health security, and and that if we work hard and save our money, we'll have economic security, and if we live with high ideals of love and fairness, we'll have a social security, we'll build a socially secure world. That's the modern goal, the modern expectation in a lot of ways, but life tells us all of that is is an illusion. We wanna work towards peace in our time, but I remember only 18 years ago on September 11th when the war came to us. In the beginning of the first decade of this century, they were talking about the end of the economic cycle, and then 2008 happened, and we experienced that unprecedented crash. Even as Jersey City was being developed, Hurricane Sandy hit in 2012, and all of downtown was flooded. And now we see these medical innovations and progress happening all around us but it's no it's no match for the coronavirus and we're left with that old-fashioned advice that our grandmother used to give us just wash your hands so but i think that for people of faith when we find ourselves shaken when we're reminded of our own mortality, and it reveals the fragility of the world we live in and of the life we lead, whether we recognize it or not. And the question is, how do we follow, how do we respond to this? How does God call us to respond to us? And so I would commend to you Psalm 46 as one passage in the Bible where 
the author is contemplating the fragility of life, contemplating his vulnerability, and then responds to it in prayer. It's a picture of life here for all of us. Sometimes we have times when our relationships are shaken, when our career is shaken, when our health is shaken, we feel the victim. And what that does is it reminds us that life isn't as steady, isn't as stable, isn't as as predictable as we'd like it to be. And that happens to us individually, and right now it's happening in our world globally. But at times like this, as Psalm 46 reminds us in verse 1, God himself is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in trouble. We need to look to God himself to be our rock. It says that the God of Jacob is our fortress. God himself is our fortress. Because all of these other things that we develop and that we work so hard on and that we depend on, they come and go. But God himself has to be our fortress. God himself can be our rock. And that that's our reminder when we're tempted to rely on other things, our technology, our enlightenment, our prosperity, and even our own youth and strength. Our one foundation is God himself. Now the city of New York City, the greater New York area, is a great city. America is a great country. But this passage reminds us that ultimately great cities and great nations, even a better world, are no place of ultimate security, but there is a place for that. The human heart longs for a place of safety. The human heart longs for a place of security. And he says, the place you'll find that is in the city of God. He draws a picture of that in verses four and five. He says, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. So what this is saying is that the safety and the security that your heart and your soul longs for, that my heart and my soul longs for, that safety and that security is available to us, not in the city of New York, not in these United States even, but in the city of God. He draws a picture of an impregnable fortress that's not just a safe fortress, but also an abundant fortress, a city that has a internal spring that keeps it keeps it continually supplied with water. In the ancient Near East, cities would go under siege when they were attacked, but even, even the most impregnable city was vulnerable if it didn't have sufficient water for its residents. But the vision of the city of God is a city that is continually replenished and resupplied because it has a spring in the center of the city that keeps the city provided for. That's the only place where we can go to. And so sometimes I think we wonder, why does God allow these disasters? We work so hard to keep ourselves healthy. We, we try so hard to develop the resources to, to, uh, to make our lives secure and to find financial security and we're responsible in all these areas. And then God does these disasters and it seems like in one fell swoop, he wipes that all away. I think one reason is to remind us that we're not secure and to drive us back to him and to move us to trust in him alone. Because the reality of the human condition 
is it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how healthy you think you are. It doesn't matter how wealthy you might be. It doesn't matter how, how many precautions you've taken in your daily life. At the end of the day, it all runs out for all of us. At the end of the day, we build these relationships, but relationships will let us down. Relationships have their limits, and, and our connections with other humans have their, have their limits. At the end of the day, we, we might amass money or financial security, but no matter how much we amass, at some point, every one of us, from Jeff Bezos to Warren Buffett to you and me, we're gonna need things that money can't buy because the things we need most can't be purchased by any amount of money. We can work hard and watch our diet. We can, we can take all the precautions necessary in a time of plague, but eventually all of us have our health fail us. So ultimate security, which is the security that you and I really want, is not found in our own resources. It's not found in our own planning. It's not found in our own strength. It's found when we remember that God is our refuge and our strength. And so these tragedies, these difficulties, and hopefully even a time of plague, a time of loss, a time of inconvenience is used by God to drive us back to him. One thing I've noticed as I've gotten to know a lot of people over the course of my life is that people who've lived with a lot of tragedy and difficulty, who are people of faith, those tragedies, those difficulties drive them to find God, move them to walk closely with God, to seek him and to find in him their security and their identity and their hope. And so it's people who have challenging lives, people whose lives involve overcoming a lot of challenges, who develop a spiritual depth to them. But for a lot of us, when we live lives that are full of abundance and full of health and full of success, and when we enjoy a lot of worldly and temporary security in this life, one of the consequences of that is we tend to become more superficial. We stay superficial because we don't have to go deep in our relationship with God. Sure, perhaps we affirm that we're Christians. Sure, we know the answers to the questions. But when God gives us these trials, when God shakes our world, he reminds us that he's the one that we need. That's what the psalm talks about when he affirms God himself is my refuge and my strength. The only time we make God a refuge and our strength is when all the other sources of refuge and all the other sources of strength are taken away from us. You know how God became our refuge and our strength as he entered into the chaos. Jesus himself entered into the chaos of this world and joined an oppressed people, joined a conquered people, and preached to them that the kingdom of God was coming. He entered into the injustice when he was condemned at a phony trial. He entered into the pain when he endured the lashes of the Roman soldiers. He entered into death itself when he died on the cross. But he entered into our chaos. He entered into our loss. He entered into injustice. He entered into pain. He entered into death so that he could conquer those for us. And that's what we're going to celebrate in a few weeks at Easter. We have hope because Jesus rose from the dead. 
And I hope that hope will be with us in the midst of the uncertainty we're going to face in the next couple weeks or months. Because there's an opportunity of disaster. There's a discipline for people of faith in the midst of disaster. There's something that God calls people who follow him to do in disaster. And it's found in the last verses here. In verse 10, he says, this is what I want you to do. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The disaster, when we come to the ends of ourselves, when we can't manage the circumstance we find ourselves in, that's an opportunity for you and for me to remind ourselves of who God is, to remind ourselves of what it means to be a child of God. You know, we spend so much of our life in frantic activity as if by our busyness, as if by our planning, as if by our initiative, we could create security for ourselves. But when life becomes unmanageable, the response that's offered to people of faith is to use that as an opportunity not for more frantic activity, not for more worry, but instead to be still and to be reminded that he is God. And so that's actually the opportunity of this disaster for you and for me. You know, one of the things about this quarantine, one of the things about the travel restriction, one of the things that about offices being closed down is everybody's gonna have more time on their hands. Things have been canceled, things have been postponed. You're not gonna be making those trips, you're not gonna be commuting, you're gonna have time on your hands. And modern world gives us lots of things to fill those that time with. You know, there's an endless supply of breaking news. You can do nothing but watch the news. You can play video games for hours and hours. There's there's decades worth of Netflix to follow and YouTube videos to catch up on. But I want to challenge you to use this as an opportunity to grow in your faith, to figure out what it means to be still and to know that he is God. What does it mean to rest in him? What does it mean to trust in him? What does it mean to make the Lord Almighty your fortress? And use this as an opportunity to go deeper in your faith. Use this as an opportunity to build deeper roots in your faith. And use this as an opportunity to draw closer to God. Like I said, people who go through hard times like this, by faith, go deeper in their faith. People who go through difficulties like this by faith develop a more substantial faith and draw closer to God. This is not something that happens automatically, but this is something that can happen for all of us if we're willing to work at it. So use the opportunity of this quarantine to reflect, to pray, to spend time in silence, to spend time calling out to God, and even maybe to read a little bit and learn a little bit more about what it means to walk with God. I just wanna make an offer to any of you who are on that journey, if you would like more resources or you'd like to even talk with me about what you could do next to go deeper in your faith, maybe what you might read next, what you might study next, what you might 
pray next or maybe you've never been a person of prayer but you'd like to become one please reach out to me personally and and i'll i'd be glad to talk to you about something about uh, different resources you can use during the quarantine to help you grow in your faith develop your prayer life and to come closer to god and discover what it means to know that god himself is your fortress and discover the discipline of simply being still and knowing that he is god use your time in this crisis use the opportunity of this crisis to draw closer to him and then it won't be a crisis that goes to waste let's pray heavenly father i thank you that ultimately we're not dependent on our own skill our own initiative our own resources or even the resources of our government or the resources of this world but you yourself are our fortress and i pray for all of us as our lives are disrupted as some of us are living in anxiety and fear, as some of us are concerned about our future, I pray that you would show us how we can find in you our fortress and find in you our hope. Make that a reality for all of us. Give us the ability to do that, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.